Beaters, welcome to a very special episode of the Bible Beater Podcast. This is the Lord of Hosts, Caleb Campbell, joined as always by the interrupter, Kyle Vesner, and a very special guest, guest whom I love very much, my mother, Stacy Campbell. How's it going anyway, Stacy? It's going well. So um, I'm happy to be back talking to you, son, and this is you are the reason I'm doing this. You are the reason I'm doing this, because without you, I wouldn't be able to do anything. Um, yeah, so... My mom is not here in studio. She's all the way down in California, and we're doing this remotely. This is how high-tech this podcast has got. Hey, Kyle? Oh, yeah. We got technology. We got technology on our side. So Who should we thank for that? Uh, we should thank God and the scientists. Probably, and, probably them. And, uh, and my mother for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Stacey. Uh, no problem. Hi, Kyle. Hi. So... Um, Last time, my mom was on this podcast once before. If you haven't heard that, I highly recommend it. We talked about um, where she came from, how she grew up, how she became a Christian, and how she got to where she is today, being one of the more famous uh, prophets in the entire world. Is that correct, Stacey? I, I think that's a bit overstated. but Who is more uh, famous than you? Uh, oh, there's lots of people, Caleb, but you, you know, because I'm your mother, you think that, but... Anyway, no, I mean, it's in your world, you are in the top five most famous prophets for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, that uh, this is irrelevant to the podcast. It is. It is irrelevant. I know you don't like hearing that. I just, I don't know. I to give myself credibility, I say it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what credibility does that give you? I don't know. You did nothing for that. Uh, I mean, to, I'm trying to state that she's famous. Therefore, like, she's not just Therefore, some lady. You should, you should be a little bit. She's famous. not like no. She's not some lady from church. She's like one of the biggest mm -hmm. prophets in the world that we have on this podcast. So she's an authority on the subject. So she comes from a place of being able to talk about this. That's what I'm trying to establish. Mm -hmm. Correct, mom. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to do a couple qualifications. I mean, in some aspects, you're correct in that I've given. You know, I, I've, I've lived this, you know, since I was 16 years old, um, studying and everything like that. But there are experts that go into some of the questions you're going to talk about today that give their life to study of the origins of scripture, you know, ancient documents, you know, reading it in ancient languages, et cetera, et cetera, That's that are true. much um, higher than I. And so um, I can't say like in, in my certain sphere I know more about it, but in some of the questions you're asking, there's people that literally are PhDs, which I am not, and have, you know, are teachers of this stuff. So, and, and also, you know, it takes a lot of study. You're, you're a thinker. And so Kyle and I are in the same camp as that we haven't had time to study out all the questions, right, Kyle? Correct. I just Correct. wing it mostly. He's just looking at them right now because he hasn't even read the questions, which I did read the questions, but I'm very busy. So I didn't have time to like really study. And some of the questions you ask, it should take an apologist. It should take an expert, which at some point I would like to bring on some of my friends that are expert experts. We'd love to have that. Them. We would love, love to have them. And you know what? Um, that segues nicely into what I wanted to say in that is that um, we're, I don't really... I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about the Bible, and I'm just going to kind of take your answer at face value. What I more want to get into, rather than biblical specifics, even though I think those things are important, like the yeah. fact that it's impossible that there were 600,000 Jews walking the desert, you, you're right. You aren't an expert, and that's not what you've studied. So I won't press you on those issues, even though I said to my listeners before that I would hammer you with all those questions. <laughs> I believe that you are right in that you're not qualified to answer specifics of how many times the Jews Th sacrificed. That's different. Yeah. yeah, it's different. What I yeah. do want to talk to There's you about... some that are archaeological questions, some that are exactly. like, actually, you want to ask a... a you know, an Orthodox Jew question, you know, stuff like that. But, what I want to talk to you about m the most is mm -hmm. the nature of God, because you know him personally. And mm -hmm. his, uh, I don't know, reputation or list of exploits in the Bible. So uh, I guess we'll just pick up right from where we left off on our last podcast. Did you happen to listen to that podcast? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I didn't. But I don't want you to be offended by that. I'm because not offended. I haven't, I never listened to 
any sermon I ever speak, I speak them all you the should time. Try it. And I, Never in my life go back and listen to them because... That's how you improve. Yeah, I'm with you, Stacey. I, know, I don't listen I to this podcast either. <laughs> <laughs> Just Caleb does. Most people who do it for a living do it and they try to uh, listen to themselves and improve. Um, I know. It's true. It's Sometimes it's very hard to hear what your actual point is, but that's besides the point. Here's the... With all Caleb studying, it's shocking how little he's improved, though. Studying? <laughs> studying. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I record my comedy sets and I play them and I cringe and I hate myself, but that's a, that's another story. Uh-huh. So too. last the last podcast ended with, um, a challenge actually from Stacy directed directly at me, I believe Kyle, uh, hit me with some harder questions. So we got through your wasn't life. It, wasn't it? Wow. I thought this would be harder. This would be harder. It was. You so, were, you were easy on me. I think was the, so <laughs> On this podcast, so we last podcast was mostly about you. On this podcast, I want to talk about the Bible, hence the Bible Beater podcast. So we'll start with some very basics of the Bible. Uh, you know, what is the Bible? Just how would you define it? What What is it? Uh, that's a, a great question. Most people don't go that uh, kind of basic or foundational, but um, <clears throat> we believe that the Bible is God communicating to man about his uh, his his values and his um you know who he is and you know that if you want to know who god is the best way to find out about him is through the bible it is also the history of the people of god so like the uh like the jewish people gives their history over time and then early christian history you know they were all started out they were all jews uh, all of the 12 apostles were Jews. Jesus, when he became a man, took on Jewish flesh, and everything comes out of that Jewish history. So that's an important... Um, so, yeah, go ahead. That's, that's that's one of the things I actually grill Caleb on that I find difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. What specifically is the relationship between God and the Bible? Because it, in my understanding, <clears throat> which is very confusing for me, that human beings read it, wrote it through the the hand of God, as if he was writing it with a human hand. Is that close to true or accurate in your eyes? Um, well, first of all, I think we make a distinction between the original manuscripts and then the translations and the copies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, so so in the original manuscripts, it does say, like for example, about. Um, God communicating, you know, creation, Genesis, etc., cetera, um, to, to Moses. And Moses wrote down what God communicated to him uh, di- directly. Uh, the voice of God came between the, the uh, 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 I'm looking on the Ark of the Covenant, you know, in, 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 uh, above the box, there, like a voice came out. And so God communicated his value set to Moses, which would be the first five books of what they call the first five books of Moses. And it is sort of the history from creation to the choosing of Abraham to etc. you know, so, so, the Jew- so j- just to summarize that. So this is God's thoughts, not human thoughts. Uh, that yes, that the original manuscripts would be that. But as you know, we have, you know, there, uh, there's no one Bible in that sense. There've been different versions in history, different yeah. religions. Okay. So they, Le- leading and, me to my next question. Yeah. So who wrote it and what the Bible that we have today, is that still the word of God? And it also says that men were inspired by God. So obviously physically men wrote it down yeah. out of inspiration from God. As God described himself. I'm trying but to get can, to... Sorry. Can anyone claim inspiration for anything? No, there was a very, very lengthy process. Well, Mohammed did. I would go to an Orthodox Jew to um, to determine, you know, because they are very, very strict about their process. Of- okay, but mom, what about, what's the difference between that and Mohammed or Joseph Smith who wrote the Mormon Bible? They just said they had an inspiration from God and wrote that down. Exactly. But that's totally true. And anybody can do that and anybody can say, say that. And that's 
that's that this is a really really important point i'm glad that you guys are bringing this point out is because uh there is a very strict process for that who made call, what strict process who wrote those rules uh it had to it had so from the beginning it was it was moses that was communicated that that, that history and and they had a very strict process even in the um and this is again an orthodox jewish question i would say would be better than me as you know as i haven't studied all these things out in, in deep deep detail but um but that how they would write it down and when things would come that would be contradictory to that like the book of mormon like uh what about in its islam, own book like Islam, the books of Yesenia, Masenia, and Judith, and whatnot that they were in and out over, you know, hundreds of years, added to and taken away from, that violate actually the 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 things that are that that were there and and that had precedent, those things that were actually changed the origins. Those, you know, it, it's it, that's what was the determining factor, and so there's lots of uh, um, things that are similar to lots of people that were followers that had, you know, relevant things. But when they changed the very nature of God, like Mus like Islam did, yeah, and like Mormonism did, you know, out of supposed revelation from God that actually. But I was asking you, it. I was asking you about uh, the Book of Massonet and the Book of Judith from which has been in and out of the Bible at different times. Yeah, those are apocryphal texts, okay, what they call the apocrypha. And scholars have put them in and out because they're very, very, very similar to, but because there's certain, it's the, the standard to make it into the canon is so high that if they don't hit every single point, some would say, well, it hit 95%, but not that 5%, so therefore we won't put it canon. You know, the Catholic Church added some of that as, as canon on the time, and, and they're, they're, they're similar in their themes, but they're not, uh, you know, they don't meet all the criteria. It's, it's weird for me to wrap my uh, head around, I guess, the idea that the Bible is part God's words written by Moses and part just other people's opinions given or taken at different relevant times in history. Um. Yeah, I, I think that the, the thing is, uh, uh, Kyle, is that we're talking about the content. Like, I, know, I guess the very foundation of everything is that just, God sorry. wants to reveal himself. God oh. wants people to know him. All right. You I know? guess. Sorry. Okay, can, we mm -hmm. leave, can we leave it there? Yeah. Okay, so sure. is the bot. So that's. I just want to, these are just like, you know, fundamental questions set to trap you. So <laughs> <laughs> is the Bible without air? Um, uh, I would say so the funny. original. So this is the, the big, <laughs> the big thing. Yeah. The original manuscripts we would believe would be without air. Okay. The, the issue so is, translation and whatnot. Right. So, okay. That's all I, that's all I needed. Uh, is it complete? Is this the whole Bible? Is there going to be more added? Was there stuff that we lost to history? Is this the complete entire word of God? Um, uh, that's also a good question. I, I'm not sure that I can totally answer that. Fair enough. Although I do believe that, you know, um, that, uh, that at the closing of the canon of the New Testament. Which you know, was, which date would you give that? Because there's like I, 10 I different ones. Yeah, I would say it was more probably in the 300 era-ish. Okay. 300 AD era-ish. Yeah. Okay. Where they finally said, okay, this, this, these ones will allow, these ones we won't allow. And there was a... Is there any other sacred text other than the Bible? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's lots of sacred texts. As in God spoke them to... So there's... Okay. Oh, oh, oh I mean... Relevant, I relevant sacred texts. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean... Did God say anything that we don't have in the Bible? I'm just, I just want to cover our bases here. I don't know what you mean either. 
did God write say that there's like another book or you know the oh, was the Bible the Dante's only Inferno God... or whatever the apologies that the Catholic Church issued you know in the five six seven hundreds those were those are like uh, Catholicical canon but they're not biblical text do those count are those sacred oh so is the Bible the only God inspired yes. text yes okay um uh that's also a really good question because there's been um you know different uh mystics prophets uh bullshitters throughout history, <laughs> throughout history that what because that we, they make a distinction even within scripture who is they in the logos theologians and the rhema okay so the logos is the written canon upon which our faith is based. The rhema are like encouraging words that come through time. They might be something that God showed an individual about himself that they wrote down, but they wouldn't be described as canon, but they, they, can, they, they validate what God says about himself and they become an encouragement. I'm talking about, I'm talking about like, you know, when the Catholic Church came out with papal infallibility, inflappability, <laughs> and papal infallibility and stuff like papal, that. Papal, 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 papal whatever. Mm -hmm. That's okay. So I just, I just wanted to get you on the record answering that question. Um, what is the Trinity? Slash, do well, you believe in the Trinity? Uh, yeah, the Trinity is like uh, the 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 Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit all of whom are God, and there is a oneness of essence. How does that work when they have different opinions and they talk to each other? Okay, that, <laughs> okay Caleb, so let's say, um, so, so let's, let's, let's make this a little bit more relevant, say, to you and I. So everybody knows that a human is body, soul, and spirit, okay? That is Caleb Campbell in the body. That is Caleb Campbell. No, I don't. I, I'll stop you right there. Okay. What is the soul and what is the spirit? There's Caleb Campbell, the physical being, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, you have emotions and you have, you know. And that's you have in my mind. Spirit. Yeah, that you're a spiritual being. And so. No, no, you don't get just to say that. Why? Why do you think that there is a spiritual being that yeah. measure provides some sort of evidence or measurement that that exists? Uh, evidence or measurement. Well, how can I provide evidence or measurement? Because a lot of people have what they call spiritual experiences. And like a lot of people are um, uh, able, able to communicate uh, spirit to spirit, like through, through uh, prayer or uh communication all right you know? i'll let you have it so back to the trinity of god so there's god the father god the son two entirely different things one was crucified on the cross while talking to the other one up in heaven how is that the same thing <laughs> that's a really good question caleb and do you know, you know what the, the official line is mom the official line of the catholic church reason must bow to the mystery of the trinity there is no explanation for this um well Okay, let me just say for myself. Okay, so if we are made in the image of God. Which one? Uh, Which of the three? The Trinity, okay? The God, God is one. And, and if we are made in oh, God's then Why does he talk to himself and why does he myself. say we? I can be by myself, you know? And I can be arguing with myself. And I can be in my, you know, thinking I can be sitting here in the flesh and inside having a whole conversation. Can you be nailed to a cross and asking yourself for forgiveness at the same time? Uh, 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 Jesus didn't ask or, himself. Sorry, for why have you forsaken me? He didn't. Yeah, he didn't ask himself for forgiveness. He asked forgiveness for us. Yeah. Forgive them for they don't know what they do. Yeah. So, um, but, but the thing is this, Caleb, is that... Uh, God is bigger than us. We are finite. He is infinite, infinite, you know? And so God let, uh, God, the, 
became a man so that he could relate to us. So he put himself in our shoes. He was still, you know, present elsewhere, but he, he took on a bodily form at that time, you know, while still remaining. And so uh, as a human, he emptied himself of his divine nature while he was in that human body. All right. So, I got a, just a mm-hmm. small question. Mm-hmm. How come, uh, I know you talked about uh, the Jews a little bit, I guess the Orthodox Jews a little bit. How come, how come you feel that they reject Jesus as, a, as the Son of God? That's a really good question. You guys are very smart. I like thinking people. Um, uh, uh, but um, the, because in the Old Testament, it talks about, they, they all expected a Messiah. They all expected a divine from, you know, That's all religions, divine, I think. Okay, and so, and there were certain things that the Old Testament said that Jesus that did not do. Would do right, right. And so, when Jesus came, though he fulfilled some of the things that were said Messiah would do, he did not fulfill at that time all of the things that the Old Testament said Messiah would do. So the they believe the early church and messianic jews believe that there's a first coming and a second coming okay and that's what the catholic Gross. church called the second coming where that when he ultimately appears he is going to do everything that was written about him in the old testament in fact jesus said that before he ascended into heaven so- in the book of acts chapter one you know, they asked him, is it at this time that you're going to restore the kingdom? And he said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons, but uh, everything will be fulfilled that was written about me in, in the scriptures. So, so to summarize yeah. for people who don't know what any of that meant. Um, I, I don't get it either. So there was a bunch of prophecies about the Messiah, Jesus, or who <clears throat> Jesus, the Messiah is. But how can he be? What's what's the second coming? So the first one wasn't the first fully one was God? when he when he no okay so there's this is all the things the Messiah is going to do he's going to restore Israel and he didn't do it all he's, I get it he's going to come back and do the rest he's going to come back and do the rest but if the prophet oh so so was it God the Jews reject that because was it the he didn't, son of God the first time the Jews the Orthodox Jews what you asked reject yeah. it because he didn't fulfill all the prophecies they're like that's not the guy because he didn't do all the stuff. Jesus did some of them, and he said, I'm going to do the rest when I come back. And so the people who believe that he was the guy, they're like, yeah, he did some of the stuff, and he's going to come back for the rest. And then everybody else is like, that couldn't be the guy because he didn't do what he said he was going to do. He didn't do all of it. He did some of it. He clearly did some of it. Until he does do it all, isn't it weird to accept that he is the true son of God then? No, because in the same way um, that Jesus chose Abraham to become the father of faith, you know, and to be, and he chose the Jewish people to bring the knowledge of God to the world. That that was the job of the Jew, was to bring the knowledge of God to the Gentiles, to be a light. It's called the Scripture calls it a light to the Gentiles, and so they brought that knowledge until Jesus came in the flesh, and they were, he was the the Jews were the people that Jesus came That's to. That's funny. He came that- to Israel. He came to those people, you know, he showed them that. And from then the Gentiles uh, were given the knowledge of God. And, but the point that Jesus did do for the Gentiles was make a way for us to go to God through dying for us on the cross. It's funny that you say that the Jews job was to bring the light to, cause we're just in the middle of Joshua where they're just massacring by the thousands, uh, all the Gentiles that they're supposed to bring this so-called light to. So bring to the so the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter one. We've we've read this all before. We know the stories. I just want to hit some uh, theological highlights. So the tree of good and evil in the garden. Why is there a tree of good and evil in the garden? Um. Well, uh, the I think the main point from Abraham, you know, the father of faith, to um, who is Abraham exactly? person can come to He's God. one of God's true. favorite that he made the covenant with. His descendants became the nation of right. Israel. Right. Sorry. Right. But but the whole point is faith. And that's the point. So so God By made so 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 without a tree of good and evil, um, then 
it's just there's no there is no faith then there is there's just there's no free will no free will opportunity for a person to voluntarily say yes or a person to voluntarily say no to god and faith is the great leveler uh i mean and honestly all of us walk by faith atheists walk by faith because they can't explain everything they can't they don't have a closed system that describes everything in the universe and all the you know nobody actually does no no religion actually does no everything it is it takes faith one way or the other it's just a matter of what you put your faith in um uh so uh so but god made it so that um we would have free will so that there would actually be voluntary love and voluntary obedience and if if i were to put it this way caleb that i made the sun the moon the stars i gave uh, you know as a mother i gave you everything i possibly could and i'm not perfect but you know i gave you absolutely every opportunity to succeed that was that i could and and god you know made the sun the moon the stars creation lakes rivers oceans fish gave, gave you dominion and millions of trees hundreds of trees thousands of trees whatever there were at the beginning in the world and and then said there's only one thing you can't do just one okay everything else you can do everything else you can have it's all yours freely to enjoy as the best i can possibly give you just this one thing please don't touch that okay and, and human nature to human nature is to poke try touch taste smell everything that's why mm. we commit like science every, we're inquisitive by nature if it's there we're going to do it but right right and <clears throat> wouldn't you say there well, isn't well, a... i would not say that that's totally true Kate. it is no, okay, well, okay, then why do we have laws? Okay, so so the people don't laws. do the things that we want right. to do. Exactly. So we have laws, and we know that we should not, uh, uh, like the police will say, don't murder, don't, don't. Uh, I think society don't. says that. Well, people yeah, don't but... steal from the other people. And many people never murder, never steal. They don't want to just try it out. There's a lot of people that don't do things because they're told not to do it. And they realize it's in their best interest not to do it because there will be ramifications from it. And those ramifications are clearly set out in society. So I don't see why that's a big deal. Would you say, back to the Adam and Eve and the tree thing, would you say there's a, oh, what the hell was I going to say? Uh, what were we talking about? With the that's free will. Free will, choice. right. Would you say... There's a concept of free will if you're not giving the knowledge of what right and wrong actually is. How does this free will exist if you're not given a choice? Okay, that's that's a really good question. And that's why the Bible actually, you know, brought in what they call the law and the prophets. No. To explain well, I think you're misunderstanding the question. Right the tree wrong. the tree is the knowledge of good and evil. So before that tree, they literally didn't know what good and evil was and then they ate it and they said we've become like now we understand what good and evil is so he's saying they're like toddlers i'm saying there's no free will without knowledge exactly without so, then there's no choice so if they didn't even know how to obey the law then how was that free will well they would because they only had one law there was only one that was all there was. No, they there knew was. they were told that, but they didn't understand consequences. Exactly. They didn't have the capability to. No, well, they were until told they ate from the tree. It's like it's like I don't steal because the because the law says don't steal. I don't have to actually steal to feel it, to know the consequence, to go to jail, to feel it, and then say, oh, now I know what you mean. You know, I, I don't think you know. It's just like. But a if, child doesn't. A child literally has oh, no yeah, idea a consequences. Child are taught things, and some children don't actually do it because the parent says don't do it the parent loves them they feel the love of the parent they know that the parent was wanting to do good for them some children try everything you know it's it's uh a it's, lot of kids will do stuff especially if you tell them not to all right i guess i guess and we'll he, yeah mm -hmm. go ahead and so i think that god did lay out consequences he said if you eat this you will die but he didn't give them yeah okay he said if you eat this you'll die and we're, but he also, the tree is called the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent says, you won't die. And then turns out they didn't die. They died way later. But then they were, the moral is they were condemned. So, but your main point is that free will needs to exist in order for us to have a meaningful relationship with God. Correct? Correct. Okay. So 
do so we do have free will then god doesn't ever intervene in our free will uh god tries to influence us for good not to do things that's uh-huh. called that's called your conscience that would be the spiritual part of you that says don't do it don't do it don't do it and people do it anyway so you know what i mean and there is a you know uh uh you know, a law of God written on our hearts where there's in, intrinsic and in, instinctive things that we shouldn't do that. And I think the more uh, you develop that by choices that are good, you become more sensitive to that would you, than, sorry. you know. Yeah. Uh, would you say everyone on this earth, this is a thing that I've bugged Caleb about because it's confusing. Would you say everyone on this earth is equally, is under God equally? Like, are we all considered equal under the eyes of God? Or does he pick, or is it, because there seems like there's favorites, is what I'm saying. Okay, uh, that's that's also a very good question. I think that God is a, an equal opportunity God. And I think also God has um, different standards for people that, like the ones that know the most, have the most responsibility. The mm-hmm. ones that know the least, have the least responsibility in, in terms of like God, in terms of what God expects from them. That makes sense. And so, and, and so um, like in a, uh, um, uh, uh, an unreached people group, for example, that has never heard of Jesus. Okay. There are still standards. You know, the Bible says that creation speaks that the knowledge of God, that you know, it, it is there that there is there are it is obvious by by creation itself that there there there's something out there, someone out there. Everybody starts reaching up to him, and the person that's sincere. You have you have um, cases of this even in the Bible. People that didn't know God at all, but instinctively from creation started searching, started finding, and uh, as they reached out. And, and God was influencing through creation, they, they, you know, God began to give them more grace to know him more. So you have Melchizedek, for example, in the Old Testament. You have Cornelius in the New Testament. You have these people that anybody who wants to find God, God will make a way for them to find him. Okay, so we were... Yeah, the equal opportunity thing makes sense to me. So, yeah. okay, so you say everything's... This, so God doesn't choose favorites? Is that your position? Um. I think that no, it, the Bible is, is really clear that he's not a respecter of persons. Okay. So I'd like, I'd like to read to you this verse here. Uh, to the Lord your God. This is from uh, Exodus, I think, mm-hmm. chapter 10. Uh, to it's the Lord your God. down. How do you know that? Because uh, I looked it up this morning. Oh, okay. To the Lord your God belongs the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth, and everything in it. Yet the Lord has set his affection on your ancestors and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, Above all nations, as it is today. Circumcise your hearts, therefore, and do not be stiff-necked any longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. So, okay, it just said there, you above all nations, so God's favorite, chosen people, the Israelites, and he says he shows no partiality. So, okay. Well, I think you have to make a distinction between chosen and favorite above all it says above all god does make choices of how he um okay how he chooses to reveal himself and so he looks for a person or a people to bring more of who he is to other people and you know but does does it and um but his goal is to reach all the people his goal of choosing that person is to bring his knowledge to everyone so he doesn't have a favorite in that sense, but he does have a chosen. Well, he does, because in that context, the next thing they're going to do is go into the promised land and massacre people by the thousands in God's name because he blessed them over those people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so what's the question? The, qu- the question is, how do you say that God doesn't choose favorites when he says, you're my favorite, and because you're my favorite, I bless you to go into those nations, and I want you to kill them, their wives, their children, and all their animals hamstring their horses and burn their cities down. Okay, so I guess this, you know, um, brings us to the uh, a very real question of um, of sin. 
and what that does to people. So like you notice that God is continually trying from the, from the beginning to the end of the Bible, continually trying to reach people because he wants to reach them. He wants them and, he, and, and, and because he created them, he knows what's good for them and what's bad for them. So he tells them, this is good, this is bad. Do this, don't do that. There are, you know, and so if we precede the promised land and we go back to the book of Noah, which was one of your earlier questions. And so this is a nature of God question. And I think, you know, depending on how you view this, you can view this as God is terrible. God's evil. God's full of, you know, judgment or God is, you know, uh, God actually cares. And so, um, so, so in the book of Noah, prior to the, the flood, you know, you'll notice that God says he grieved him. It grieved him. Yeah, he, he regretted was, it. He regretted it because... He regretted it, making mankind. Right. He regretted it because he, in, in his heart, he had all these aspirations. Oh, Mama, I have a couple of verses for you. Uh, I, I, got, I got one. Oh, okay, sorry. I have not finished. All okay, right, let's finish this. So in his heart, he did it because he so wanted a relationship. And it got to the point where evil was so rampant and so bad that it was affecting so many people that he actually felt like, if I don't put a stop to this, this is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so he, you know, he chose to, uh, and, and I know this is a big question because it's in your list of questions, but it, like if we were to contextualize this, let's say we have a guy that is really evil uh, and he's done in, in, in Canada and he's done terrible things, mass murders. Kyle Vesner. This. Unproven. <laughs> mass murders, rapists, you know, pedophiles. And, and, and they put him in jail. They give him, they, you know, they put him in jail. He comes out, he does it again. They put him in jail. You know, I mean, they come to the point in, in our society currently, you know, about capital punishment. Is it better to destroy this person so that he never hurts another person again? You know, lock him up in solitary confinement because even in prison, he's evil and dangerous to other people, you know? And when you allow, if you, and there, even in a, a human context, we there there is understanding of of uh, of this destroying of one life for the good of the whole. Okay. And so, I, got, know, I, I was just yeah. I got one quick question: Is God capable of reaching uh, the rest of humanity as He does the Jews? As in, That's, basically showing Himself to them and demonstrating His power. Okay. Well, that's a really good question because oh, that is I'm, actually happening all over the world, all over the Muslim before world. We get, before we get into this, though, I want to I just go back. Okay. So you, your long-winded answer was a roundabout way of saying all those people deserved it, right? They were committing sin, so God had to punish them, correct? Okay. I, I, that, that, that's, that, that's not exactly what I said, so let me qualify it. Okay. Let me qualify that. That there are points in time where a society becomes so evil, you know, that the rest of the world comes and judges it a la World War II. Yeah. And fights up the city and, you know, brings it and, 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 you know, creates global laws to stop the proliferation of, of, of evil. Has there ever um, been a society with no innocent people in it, though? No, there never has, which is why we need Jesus, which is why we need God, which is why we need help. I'd like to read you another verse from Joshua chapter 11. Mm -hmm. So Joshua, Joshua eleven sixteen. So Joshua took this entire land, the hill country, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Joshua waged war against all these kings for a long time, except the Hivites living in Gibeon. Um, not one city made a treaty of peace with the Israelites who took them all in battle. For it was the Lord himself who hardened their hearts to wage war against, in, against Israel so that he might destroy them totally, exterminating them without mercy as the Lord commanded Moses. So God hardened the hearts of these people so that he could destroy them totally. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but I think what you have to do is look at what happened before that. What were those people groups like? Okay. On in that so they deserved it again? I put it this way, Caleb. If you don't believe 
in God, or if one does not believe in God and one does not believe in an afterlife, uh, you know, that there is a heaven and that there is a hell, then a lot of this doesn't make sense because like you say, it is true that there would be innocent quote unquote victims in those societies. But the Bible is really clear that God is merciful for those that don't know their right hand from It also says he's just. How can you be just and merciful? In an afterlife, which I totally believe in, which, you know, heaven can, heaven can wait where, you know, many, many people have experiences of afterlife, both kinds throughout history, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that, um, uh, that God in his justice, uh, or in his mercy, look at it either way to actually stop a society from getting even more evil to one another stops the society but the ones that are innocent within that society will have an eternal afterlife with nothing but good nothing but kindness nothing but um uh nothing but blessing that will never be taken away from them will there be no more crying no more tears no more tears in the end would would yeah. you would you say that the people who had their hearts are hardened experienced free will? I think they had a long periods of free will. But then partially it was taken away at some point. And it's like anything. The more you choose something over and over again, the more that thing overtakes you. I want to read I want to read specifically for the Lord himself who hardened their hearts so that so that yeah. means he did this because like he did this for a reason and this isn't the only place he hardened pharaoh's heart he, uh he hardened judas judas's heart um another verse up here where he's talking about the israelites this is during the golden calf um the lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or hear as in he limited their understanding so these are all examples of the lord intervening with your so-called free will okay that's that's a good point Caleb. but what you're not looking at in that statement of the Lord hardened their heart is what did they do before God did that? But if they were so bad, why did they need their hearts hardened to justify what happens if to they them did next? It, oh, if, if, a person, if a person or a leader of a society or a, a society over and over and over again chooses... But shouldn't their decisions stand on their own the merit? That they know. And, 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 and let's say that they have multiple, you know, they can... Go outside. They can look at creation. They they can have the conviction. They say that I shouldn't do it. Okay. Like an inner thing where God's speaking to them, and finally they don't do it at a certain point. Then there's without mercy unless there's intervention, like uh, like an intercessor. All right. Like moms for the people. I feel like See? we've we've reached an impasse at this point. So <laughs> I'm kind of curious on that point, though. What? Okay, go ahead. Uh, why Why would it be necessary? For God to intervene if they were so evil in the first place. Why would he need to intervene and harden their hearts if they're already bad people to justify? Or like when Pharaoh was, was going to let the people go and God, Pharaoh's like, all right, you can go. And then God hardens his heart so that he can do more miracles. It's to demonstrate his power. That's the, that's the biblical propaganda reason. And you just keep saying they deserved it. Uh, no, I keep saying that. Um, they deserved it. They sinned and they deserved it. No. What, that's what, not the point I'm making. The I mean, if, I would view those texts is that uh, everybody has free will until and God takes day, it away. Every day we can choose to do good. We can choose to do evil. But what we can choose to do this? We can choose. We can choose to. You know, I mean, it's like a you're not, drug addict. You're not. You're not. a drug a, addict overnight. Hold it. Hold it. it. It's like they they start with this, then a little more, then a little more. Until that thing takes them over, and at a certain point, you know, it's the, when God hardened their heart. The, after they chose and chose and chose and chose and chose, God said, "Okay, you've had enough choices. The choices are over. I will not let you choose again because you because of the way." So you He wouldn't let us choose. So He took it away. That's all I need to hear. But if if they are changing their mind for the better in the moment, isn't that a positive? Isn't That's forgiveness allowed there? Because what the verse said is he, they were going to make peace and God hardened their hearts so that he could kill them all. So again, Kyle's saying, why does God need to intervene at all? Uh, uh, 
And hard in their with their emotions and decisions. Yeah. Uh, again, you have the antecedent is the is the critical. No big crit- words on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> Our listeners are stupid. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. So I'm anyway, not uh, yeah. So I, I mean, we're gonna go. And yeah, we reached we reached an impasse here. That's okay. We can move on. Moving mm-hmm. along to Exodus. So we covered the parts I wanted to talk about about Pharaoh. Um, so. Do you think there was 600,000 fighting men in the Jewish army at that time? Like the Bible says it says. You know, Caleb, this is a this is an archaeological question. Yeah, I know. I, I just want you to answer if you think that that's was is did the Bible make a mistake? Did they add a zero there or is that the what the Bible says? Um again, that is such a detail that I I don't have the the, the knowledge to answer that question. Fair enough. The Bible does say there was 600,000 men and then it lists okay. them by tribe. So I don't think that's right. a translation that's, or a mistake. Right. Okay. Yeah, so that, to put that in context, that, you know, if that's in the original inspired. If that's in one of the copies, if you know, I, I don't know that, that that's a good question. That's okay. a really good question. So that would be the size of the entire Roman army at its height or larger than the army that uh, Persia invaded the Mediterranean world with that would be uh, the the greatest army in the world up to the second wor- or first world war. So I just wanted to put that in there in a space the size of Colonna Penticton that no one's ever found any evidence for. Moving along, um, then we get into biblical law in numbers and stuff. Uh, why does God require sacrifice? Um. I believe that that is like a foreshadowing of him coming to give the ultimate sacrifice. Is it a sacrifice if he does it to himself? As in, what did he actually sacrifice? Because he came alive again in three days. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. And so... So what was the sacrifice? And so um, the the book... uh, What was the sacrifice? What do you mean? How is it a sacrifice if... You know, God just, you know, if there's no consequences. Exactly. Okay. Well, it it actually was a consequence and it probably hurt. He who knew no sin. So as a, the whole idea of sacrifice in the Old Testament is like the pure spotless lamb. It wasn't just any kind of sacrifice. It was, you know, the, 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 the innocence that was all the foreshadowing of Jesus who knew no sin becoming sin taking on my sin, your sins, everybody's sins. Yeah, you know. But what was what was the sacrifice? Punishment. The sacrifice was uh, a blood sacrifice. He gave his own blood. So it hurt? I I kind of get that, I guess. No, it was it was actually if you're holy and you became sin and you took on everybody's sins and descended into hell. What is holy? Ephesians 4. Uh holy is the absence of anything evil and the the positives of everything good, compassion, goodness, kindness, uh, meekness, um, uh, 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 love that um, self-sacrificing, you know, greater love, all those things, everything that is entirely good, that anything that is good, that's holy. Okay. Do you do you know the because this has always puzzled me, the nature of the nature of sacrifice, at least in the Old Testament, I haven't gotten any farther, but I mean, it's always animals, like you said, it's always pure. No, usually. not always. Not they always. sacrifice a woman to God, they That's burn true. her alive. That's true, but I'm not talking about that. Just okay, the, no, 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 that, they, they, that, that one is a specific thing, Caleb, that is not a requirement of God. That, that's what Jeff thought. Can I, can I read it for you? Yeah, that's Jephthah, not a requirement of God. That's God, that's Jephthah. Um, I'll read it for you. I have Jephthah it in front of me. said, I will do a vow. Okay. That was Jephthah's choice. And Jephthah made that choice. And then Jephthah kept his vow. I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you. God the- didn't say sacrifice that. God didn't ask him to make a vow. God didn't tell him to do that. This is what it says. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. As he crossed through Gilead, Gilead to Mizpah, blah, blah, blah. And Jephthah made a vow to the Lord. So this is under the influence of God. The spirit of the Lord came on him, and he made a vow to the Lord. If you give the Ammonites into my no, hand. No, no, no. It, it, there could be. 
Okay, this could be that the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and out of the response of that action by God, Jephthah makes a human response to that. It nowhere says that God made him make that vow. It says the spirit of the Lord God came on him. Says clearly in other parts of scripture, which is why you interpret scripture by scripture, that do not make a vow to the Lord and not pay it. And when people make a vow and don't do it, that's when God, uh, you know, because God says, I don't want you to make vows that you're not going to do. And he, he discourages people from making vows. Why does it say the spirit of the Lord came on him and then he made the vow? As, well, that seems yeah, to imply that that no, directly no, no, no. came from God. No, God would. That doesn't mean God was influencing to, him to make that vow. That means the Spirit of the Lord came on him because he was going to fight for Israel. His response to that, oh, okay, I'm going to do this for God. You know, God didn't say. He didn't, okay, he didn't, okay, then whatever. I'll I'll concede that point at the that's, end of that's the, fair. At the end of the scripture, though, you know, God's <laughs> Jephthah has to do it, and God's like, "Yep, go ahead, burn your daughter." Like. He doesn't prevent him. Like with Abraham, he tells him to kill his son, which is a disgusting request. And then he's like, okay, don't kill your son. This one, he just sits there with his arms crossed. Like you made a promise. Go ahead and burn that chick alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so sometimes uh, it's like Ananias and Sapphira. When you get there, there's God is trying to discourage people, which he verbally says by command, do not make a vow that you're not going to pay. Don't do it. He basically tells people not to do that, you know, because he doesn't want people saying it. But he says, and in fact, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, you've heard that it was said this. He said, but he said, I'm just telling you, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Don't make vows. Just just be a person of integrity. Be When you say yes, do it. When you say no, don't do it. And that's really the point. God's after our hearts and he is after us to be righteous and just every day in and out here's another one yeah this is another this is a separate incident just we're going through uh kind of the character of god and god, god. i just want to make a caveat here uh, i have four percent left on my computer don't know where my thing is and plus i have a, another meeting i have to go to so all right I mean, this this will be the last one then this will be the last, last one um so I don't really want this to be the last one, actually. Do you have anything you wanted to ask before we have to end this? I was I, I wanted I to mean, go through the character of God. And uh, so you keep saying, so I, what I've heard you say is that in the case of the massacres, those people were sinners and they deserved it. Uh, in the case of this human sacrifice, God was, you know, Jephthah bound his own hands and God couldn't do anything to stop him. This is... Yeah. Um, you know, there was the golden calf, which is a hilarious story that Moses goes up the mountain, um, doesn't we need come to speed through it. We'll get what we get. You know. Doesn't come back for a few days. And then the Israelites think Moses is gone forever. They worship, they make a cow and worship it. Why would, do you think that's a rational response on the Israelites behalf? No, it's, it's, it's not rational. It, um... Why would the Israelites who just marched across the dry bed of the Red Sea have seen manna from heaven and, you know, water from the rock? Why would they jump to such a ridiculous conclusion? Okay. Well, because uh, I think that, um, uh, I don't know if you, you know, you've traveled a lot. I've traveled all the time. I, I go to countries where in every store there's a, an idol you know what they're actually giving food to in every store there's you know a, a picture of something that they actually give give a sacrifice to and there is this you know uh, um i i think when people see something they have a, a response that's why god says don't make idols it's is a bizarre response but the one thing about the bible you see it all the good the bad the ugly they're not really trying to hide anything that's one thing, you know, it doesn't try to hide anything. It's not like covered over. It's not apocryphal where, you know, you see some of the non-canonical things that actually try to smooth everything over and make it better than it is. It's just what you see is what you get. This is what they did. Uh, it's bizarre, you know, but this is what they actually did. And, you know, I, I, I don't know why people do bizarre things, but I know a lot of people that should know better. Do you think and they do bizarre things? Do you think God's uh, response is appropriate to tell yourselves to arm them and then they massacred them with swords? 
to 3,000. Then he burned 250 people alive for using the wrong fire. And then he swallowed up Cora's whole family with his women, children, and animals. Do you think mm -hmm. that's an appropriate response? Uh, uh, to whom much is given, much will be required. And when those are the priests, the ones that are actually called to bring the knowledge of God, you know, that they have a higher response. And again, so they, de is, they deserve there it. Is, there is, there is, uh, let me put it this way. So um, if I give another, this is my last analogy. So you have a guy on death row that. These people aren't on death people. row though. Hold They're it, hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, that was given the law, the law, the law, the law that God cop. He's on death row. He's about to be, go to the electric chair. The reason yeah. he's on death row is because he used the wrong fire. Right, right. So so that they, seems inappropriate. No, 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 no. So you can still, Don't act like they did something worse than what they did. They used the wrong fire. Yes, but their job in life... Is to use the right fire. Is to obey God and bring the right thing so that the, the right knowledge of God... And when the people... So the people in the pulpits today who should know better actually do things that are contradictory to what they've been told it actually sets a lower precedent for everybody and and in our society we despise that when a leader does that sure it's, we don't burn them alive right and <laughs> that's true we don't caleb uh, and, and 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 but though those jews and, and the thing is there is an eternity so even though they were they were swallowed up to shield alive it says they, they were that. swallowed alive that does not mean that on the other side of that death, they did not have a, a relationship. I got with it. God. I got it right here. As soon as he finished saying this, Moses, the ground under them split apart and the earth opened his mouth and swallowed them in their households and all those associated with Korah together with their possessions. They went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned. The earth closed over them and they perished. Mm -hmm. I got one more quick story that I would like to know what, uh, you know, God's I've nature. Here it is. You know. Here it is. From there, Elisha went down to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out and jeered at him. Get out of here, Baldy, they said. Get out of here, Baldy. He turned around and looked at them and called a curse down on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled the 42 boys, and he went on to Mount Carmel. So God basically fed 42 children to bears. Did those <laughs> kids deserve it? It's the first I've ever uh, heard this. Uh uh, yeah, I think you've you've asked me about. Yeah, I know. I want I want it on record. Is why I'm asking you now. No, 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 no. Okay, I actually don't uh, have a uh, a clear answer to that to that particular thing, except for the fact that um, uh, disrespect, rebellion, all of those kids would have known better. Okay, that's all were, I needed. They deserved it. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm not saying we would deserve it, but I'm just saying that that God sets standards to actually cause people, more people, you know, if if we make a precedent of one, it's whole, so that the rest will actually... So that is the precedent, so we should be feeding children to bears who make fun of the prophet. No, 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 no. bears came out and they were not protected because... No, it they says, then he looked at them, called down a curse... Bears says, called down a curse in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out and mauled the 42 boys. So it's not like two bears came out just so happened. In the name of the Lord, those two bears came out and mauled those 42 boys. I think your computer died. I think it did too. A kind of a weird approach. Damn it. Well, I wanted, I, we should have just ended it. I wanted to say thanks for coming on the yeah. podcast. We'll phone her. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the podcast. <laughs> Uh, and we'll do that. We'll do the intro after later. We can. Do, we'll do it again when we release it. Okay. In parts. What time? Is, how long was that? We did about fifty minutes. That's okay. I wanted it to be longer. Um, I think she will come on again. Thanks for. I guess we're not doing the intro later. Bye. <laughs> we can. Yeah, we can do, well, just, do it. Do it now. Do it now. Uh, did you learn anything, Kyle? What do you <laughs> think about that? I actually thoroughly enjoyed that. We absolutely have to have more of religious people on. I, I want to take her up. 
on those apologists? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Apologists? That's what they're That's called? what they're called. Somebody who defends an idea is called a like if you defend the that Bible. That sounds negative. I know. It's, <laughs> hey, we're sorry. It sounds like they're apologizing. Because it goes apologists goes after a lot of fucked up shit like rape apologists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bible is fucked up. Yeah. Uh yeah, and I would like to have those so-called biblical scholars on and ask them about the six hundred thousand and more specifically, all the laws we talked about. You should have a few good points that clarified some things for me, I'm not going to lie, about that's... what people think of the Trinity. and That actually is a reasonable explanation. You, what? Um, I mean, at least the torture of Jesus Christ is... Not to me. Putting yourself in, the, in, the, in a situation where you can feel pain. Because ideally, oh, God yeah. doesn't feel pain. So putting yourself in a situation where you can actually do it is sure. somewhat of a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice, but it's not the ultimate it's sacrifice. It's not. It's not. Because he came back three days later. And second of all, if you if you said to me, Caleb, you know, all of way, mankind... It doesn't matter if he comes back or doesn't come back. God is always there. That, that, it kind of does. if he comes back or doesn't, The ultimate sacrifice when we talk about giving your life for something is... That's he's the not end. giving his life. It's impossible well, for that's him to what give they, his life. Th- that's what they say. It's impossible That's what the Bible says. Okay. He gave his only son. Like, as if he didn't get him back. Oh, that's such horseshit. Exactly. That's my point. Oh, we should have gotten to that then. And if, I, if you said to me right now, Caleb, for all of humanity's sake... I need you to take 40 lashes, carry a cross, and get crucified. I might be, and I believed you, and I knew it would work, and I knew it would help. I would do that. for So, all, so would I. Right? But what would it change? Because nothing really changed the, when Jesus what, did that. It, no, Because what, people just kept sinning. No, the sacrifice, okay, the, we're talking about the sacrifice. Nothing did change. But the, 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 the sacrifice, so-called sacrifice in finger quotes, the sacrifice is me and you cease to exist. That's the end of our lives, and we're dead forever. Jesus died for three days, went to the grave, and then came back and was, you know, was fine. Basically, he endured a shitty day, a really, really shitty day, and that's the ultimate sacrifice. He had to dig himself out of a grave. No, the the stone <laughs> rolled, rolled itself away, actually. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm like in a I'm like in an aggressive mood. My hands are shaking. I wanted to keep going. I wanted to keep going, too. I feel like she did that on purpose. Uh, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> she, at the very least, was did not didn't attempt, charge it. Yeah, didn't attempt. Okay. But that's, but that's okay. I appreciate her coming on. It's true. That's I, a, th- by the way, this shit is fascinating for me because never, I've never seen the other side. I've never talked to a deeply religious person besides... Did you notice that Stacey. everyone comes around? Every answer comes around to like God's perfect and we deserve it every single time. It's Pretty nobody's much. fault yeah. and God's right. That 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 would make sense if there is an omnipotent being that he would never be wrong. <sighs> Doesn't make sense. It you How can say omnipo- you can say that, but it doesn't follow logically. It doesn't okay. make sense. If I own an ant farm and I choose to kill them, is that right or wrong? It's. It's whatever the fuck I decided is. If the ants are conscious beings and feel pain and communicate to you that they don't want to be tortured, yeah. then I would say that it's wrong. But I'm developing the morality structure because I control the whole universe. So the right and wrong that they perceive has nothing to do with the right and wrong that I decide. Okay. So is torture just, you know... Eyes of the beholder. The person experiencing it, sure... Yeah, but if I'm an omnipotent being in control of everything then it doesn't matter their experience. They have no control over it. Yes. So the only just right and wrong is what I perceive in the moment. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree. I think there's... Right and wrong is a, is a perceptible thing. It's not agreed upon even among human beings, let alone an omnipotent one. I'm sure, right and wrong, but... It's there's things that you putting... can say that seem right now that, yes, they're clearly right and wrong. Slavery's bad. Inflicting is bad, pain on someone it... else is not good, especially That's, for the person Right receiving... now, I'll agree with that. But as an argument can be made for the other way around. Obviously, especially if you're an omnipotent being where we are, the the pain you're inflicting on the people are lesser than, maybe possibly barely significant to your existence. I think that, no, I think that if you're causing harm... No, but that's your morality structure as a human. Maybe as an omnipotent being, they're literally, they're a different... Why does he say in this book that describes well, the morality structure... I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that as a, as a theoretical okay, God, not the God of the Bible. In the Bible, it also says, you know, don't hurt each other. I understand nice. that. So, I'm not talking about the God of the Bible. So, so he has to follow his own rules. Yes. 
Okay, that's all. Well, if he if if the morality structure is the one he vaguely gives in the Bible and then kind of goes against sometimes, then I guess didn't that then then I guess yes, you're a hundred percent right. Didn't that piss you off? But an omnipotent kept... being and any being could have a completely different morality structure than you, just because we agree that all the all those things we suggested are bad and that a bad person, an evil person yeah. would do that, doesn't mean that everyone would, let alone sure. someone with infinite knowledge. If, if, I thought we were talking about like bi- the biblical God. Uh, okay, I understand you now. Um, didn't that piss you off when we kept asking about the hardened hearts and she kept saying they chose because it? Because I wanted some clarification. No, no, no. That's, what it, that's the loop I get stuck in with her all the time, is that people choose. But that's not even what I was... I understand that, that part of the argument. The yeah. part of the argument, why was it necessary? So for him to even say that he hardened their no, hearts? No, why did he even... Why was it necessary to harden them hearts if the reason... They were being punished because they were evil. Th- there is no answer. Why go through the extra step? There is no but answer. But what I didn't get to, which is what I wanted to, is God believes in forgiveness, right? Yeah, the yeah, we should have brought that up. That's too. what I was trying to get to, because once once they go, they were evil, but once they change their way to the point where God no longer feels comfortable punishing them without hardening their hearts, wouldn't wouldn't forgiveness come into play? That that's yeah. what I wanted to say, but oh, never got fuck. to. That that's a really good point. I would really like to hear her perspective on that. She'll be back. We get to have her, you know, once every six months. Uh, <laughs> I really like to. We she, can do if we can do this. She can like bring this, all the biblical podcasts. We can do this over Skype. You know, or, we might be able to do it once a month. I hope or we can do it like more that. often. And uh, I guess thanks for listening. You know, you can find us where you find us. Blah blah blah. This podcast just peters out. Just play. The, should we play the song or what? There's no song this time. There's no song. All right. You want to play the song? the fucking song.